podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Yeah, all right. Welcome to this revamped What If Football podcast. And today, we're hopping back into our time machine, to our football time machine with rose-tinted spectacles. Not is nostalgia, kind of. Nostalgia may or may not be in the noughties, may have some examples from matches of the noughties because today is episode 68 of the What If Football podcast. Today, we're looking at your suggestions for the best FA Cup games ever after we've had a fantastic start to the FA Cup season so far. Although, yes, of course, the third round doesn't constitute the best the first FA Cup games of the season but to the wider audience of course the big boys coming to play we're going to take a look at some of the absolute best that you have decided via Twitter at whatif underscore YouTube of course and we're also on Patreon if you like podcasts like these combined 11 head to head great game story of my season mailbag football manager stuff current stuff as well with the weekly columns as well so if you like all that stuff one pound a month for all that but without further ado let's get stuck in to today's show we start off with an absolute barn burner suggested by at james willis 86 and jake collinson on twitter it is a naughty's suggestion to be in with and um tottenham three Manchester City for a fourth round replay from the 2003-04 season. And we may as well launch into the criteria here, hadn't we? Um, Does it matter if a cup match is a certain round? Is it more important? Is it more of a better game if the game took place, say, for example, in the final? Or does it matter that this was a fourth round replay? Of course, I think that obviously as further you go on, the um, the threshold for having a great game I think does lower a little bit. Of course, a lot of finals these days are often cagey affairs, people too scared to lose rather than going out to win. And of course, fourth round replays, FA Cup can sometimes be proving ground for some players, can sometimes be this place where you can just let yourself go. It almost doesn't matter because um, you might probably won't win it. Um, probably don't have much chance of winning it. Tottenham Hotspur and Manchester City in 2004 probably didn't have a great deal of chance of winning the FA Cup. You've got your Arsenal, you've got Manchester United, Chelsea, who were the teams of the time who were sort of going to win everything, really, especially with Chelsea's new money, which came into play in this season. 2004, it was won by Manchester United. Although, to be fair, they did beat Millwall in the final, team from the second tier. But this game, it is suggested by more than one person, despite of it being a fourth round replay, because it is probably one of the great FA Cup comebacks. Now, Spurs were 3-0 up. Man City around this time, let's not forget this is 2004, you don't have your Agueros, Silvers, Torres, companies, etc, etc. You don't have any of them lads, you don't have the money. You do have Kevin Keegan um, as a manager in one of his last managerial roles. Um, So it came quite as a shock. Spurs were nowhere near where they are today either. So it was like two mid-table teams. Yeah, this will be kind of a fun 
match, I guess. And then obviously if 3-0 up, you think, oh, it's game over, you'd probably turn off the telly or something. And then, of course, the famous pictures, John Mackham with the uh, <laughs> the goal in the 90th minute for Man City in that, was it first advice shirt? I seem to think that was the sponsor for that. But anyway, yeah, 3-0 down, 4-3 up, Man City. Probably their best day in the FA Cup for quite some time, probably since the 60s or 70s, really. Um, obviously, they wouldn't go on to win it. Um, now it does matter. I think that it is a that is a, a, a huge comeback like that. It is one of the best comebacks the FA Cup's ever seen in terms of rivalries. Spurs, Man City. It was well, even now it's not got to that point. And I think for a match to become the greatest in cup history, um, I also think a, a rivalry does help it along. So. For example, a, a, an example that we're going to see later on, Liverpool versus Everton, is a fifth round replay in 1991, where you've got the calibre of clubs there, the huge rivalry, the, the the great entertaining spectacle that it is as well. I just think Tottenham and Man City are just missing that extra little sprinkle of something for it to be the best. Of course, in terms of comebacks, definitely, definitely up there. And something that nobody's mentioned um, in terms of comebacks, Liverpool against Arsenal in 2001's final, the Owen final. And speaking of that, we go from one final named after one player to one final named after another. Now, I don't have a... I've not watched this recently. I wasn't there live, of course. Blackpool 4, Bolton Wanderers 3 in 1953, courtesy of Teammates App on Twitter. Of course, called the Matthews final, um, one of this exclusive club of final to be named after a player obviously thanks to uh, Stanley Matthews work and of course Stan Monson as well we can't forget him either who uh, scores a hat-trick in this game and one of the first proper legendary finals you do have the folklore of the the White Horse final in I think 1923 where there's near 200 300,000 people and they're encroaching onto the touchline and the White Horse keeps the uh, I think that also included Bolton as well um you do have that. I think this is what the probably the first hugely significant final that we would see in the FA Cup, and um, another team that would provide a hugely significant final. One that is that does get shown quite a lot these days. Even now, is um, 1987. The winner of that final, Coventry City, is um, a suggestion by Chris Kelly. But not 1987. It is a Coventry City FA Cup match from the late 80s. But it is, of course, Sutton United to Coventry City at one. And considering that Coventry Coventry had been in the top flight since 1967, um, not done a right deal, obviously, apart from the FA Cup aside when they beat Tottenham Hotspur. That's a match that gets replayed on. I think he got replayed in full during lock, the first ever lockdown. Um so that goes to show the level of, of that match. Um, and I I'm not sure if it has been selected um, by you fine people on Twitter. Um, no, it hasn't, but uh, it's definitely one of mine that I would have suggested um, one of the great finals of all time. But this is a fall from grace. Two years on, Wimbledon, of course, we had them win the 88 Cup final. And um, the, the following year, one of the greatest shocks of all time Coventry City, as I said, they'd been in the top flight for 22 years, not done a great deal, but Sutton United were part-timers. Obviously, now we know them as a League Two team. They're doing quite well in League Two as well, but here, I think that the the folklore of Sutton from 89 still runs quite true for a lot of people, and probably one fact you could probably tell people if, if someone said, oh, I'm a Sutton fan, and you go, oh, 1989, Coventry City. And I think... We need to ask ourselves if a shock on its own 
can merit inclusion into this into this list. Now you could you could also have this is a later example from Oldham beating Liverpool. You could also have Wrexham beating Arsenal. Can a shock off the back of its own steam get into this? Now, of course, another one Hereford United, and we'll be discussing later on. There's more. I think it's more for the moment. You, you do have multiple criteria, as I stated in the first first one. Really, I think you need entertainment first and foremost. Um, a shock or a comeback or just something extra special, which this does. And to be fair, Tottenham Hotspur and Man City did as well. You have a lot riding on it as well. Um, say a big game and obviously huge game for Sutton, less so probably for Coventry City. Um, I think if you have all those sorts of ingredients, be it a cup final or something like that, um, semi-final, then I think you can be called the greatest game in FA Cup history or a, a rivalry or two huge teams going at it. Um, in terms of this game and in terms of the Spurs-Man City game from 2004, they check a couple of boxes, but not all of them. So I don't think we can call that, but certainly. I think for me, it's probably in it's probably in the top five or there or thereabouts in terms of cup shocks. We've got a lot to choose from, really. Sunderland-Leeds from 73. You've got Wimbledon-Liverpool in 88. I'm not sure if you can include that into the top five. Of course, Liverpool were so big, but Wimbledon were a, were a top-flight team at the time. You've got Wrexham beating Arsenal. It's potentially Leeds versus Man United in 2010, but I think um, this is a bigger shock Sutton Coventry um, and maybe even Cambridge Newcastle from this year but I don't think that's uh, that's as um, as much of a shock as this one was of course we'll be discussing a couple of other shocks later on but going to a semi-final that had huge entertainment I remember watching this live I think it was one of the first seasons BT Sport football may have been the first one Hull City 5 Sheffield United 3, an FA Cup semi-final from 2014. Thank you to Jay Atkinson for on that there Twitter. Thank you very much for this suggestion. In terms of entertainment, this game was pure madness from start to finish. Sheffield United, a League One team at the time. Hull City in one of those brief forays where they'd be a Premier League team. I think this was probably their most successful time, probably as a club, getting to the FA Cup final. And... Um, unfortunately losing it but um, getting to that nonetheless and spending a couple of years in the Premier League in terms of entertainment this is right up there they've got the semi-final nailed down in terms of a rivalry I mean can you class Hull as Yorkshire I mean it's Humberside East Yorkshire whichever we want to call it there's no rivalry there either either way do remember being sort of taken aback with how with how open it was especially on at Wembley teams can get a bit overawed especially teams no disrespect to the calibre of Hull City and Sheffield United, who, if you look on the face of it over the past 20 years, probably championship teams, if you level them out a little bit, um, go into a semi-final with an FA Cup final on the line. But both teams played with absolute reckless abandon. It was, to be fair, one of the more entertaining FA Cup games I've ever seen. But I think you do need a bit more. It's a bit like the Sutton game, the Tottenham game. It ticks a couple of boxes. Blackpool Bolton, I think for me so far, has probably been the best suggested um, because you have got the final, you've got the entertainment, you've got the performance, which I think is another little wrinkle really from Stanley Matthews. Even though Stan Martinson has caused the goals, you've got Matthews who's probably the more more famous of the players, this individualistic sort of role that he takes on in, in the teams that he plays in. 
and um, I think that sort of lives long in the memory a bit more than the, the few that have been suggested so far. We go to Dave Matheson, 84, who says, uh, maybe biased, but Oldham 3, Liverpool 2 from 2013. Now, of course, this is a fantastic story, like Sutton versus Coventry. I did an article last week on the magic of the FA Cup where I didn't list this one as um, huge, giant killings like mammoth teams being beaten by lower league teams. So like a Arsenal getting done by Wrexham in 92, Leeds getting done by Sunderland, then second division in 73, Chelsea, Bradford, Manchester United, Leeds from sooner on. Uh, these don't, Liverpool in 2013, you can also compare this to Arsenal in 2017, 2022 with losses against Nottingham Forest as well. Not quite at the absolute peak of um, English football, they'd be sort of like the fifth, sixth, maybe even seventh in Liverpool's case here, um, best team in England. Um, so I don't class it as a huge giant killing like that. Obviously, a fantastic shock, one of the greatest shocks of the modern era in terms of FA Cup. In terms of giant killings, what I determine a giant killing to be is one of the top two, three. So now it would be Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool getting beaten by a League One or less team sort of quarterfinal back. But when it gets to like quarterfinal, semifinal, final, you, if you're one of those teams and you get beaten by, say, a championship team, then I think it, it does, it should count. So, for example, Sunderland leads in 1973. This one, though, still obviously, big name of Liverpool relatively smaller name of um, Oldham, who were then, I think, in League One. Dave will probably be able to correct me on that one. Um, they do, although obviously they had that brief spell in the late, in the early 90s of um, being in the top flight for quite a while, um, gone quite catastrophically wrong, and they sort of bounced between League One and League Two, and they're a bit like Oldham, a bit like Ro Rochdale, rather. Um, I'm sure Dave would like me saying that. Uh, big derby coming up at the end of January for them too. Um sort of bounce between League One and League Two, don't they? So I'm not sure on their, their place. Regardless, regardless, it's a huge, um, huge shock. I'm sure I remember it being on like a Sunday afternoon, Sunday night sort of thing. It's dark in the stadium and I do remember it being um, quite a good occasion as well. Liverpool were always quite ripe for those kind of shocks that you were, you were kind of like one of those things that if you had an accumulator, you go, ah, put that on. It won't come off, but I'll put it on, see what happens. And if I, if it comes off, I'll look a genius. Um, a bit like, um, which one did I? It was Boreham Wood I put on last week. And I thought, oh, it's not really a shock, but in terms of divisions, it probably is. Oh, um, in terms of bookmakers, definitely in terms of odds would be seen as that. So that's the type of thing. Here we have one. We discussed the 1953 final, seven goals between Blackpool and Bolton. This one, Liverpool-West Ham. Of course, we all watched it. Um, and if you didn't, go back and watch it um, compared to 53. But this was, again, suggested by Dave Matheson, 84. And Paul E. Kwan as well on Twitter. Absolutely, in terms of best FA Cup games ever, you've got the added oomph. It's a final. You've got six goals between Liverpool and West Ham. You've got the importance, obviously, final. You've got the entertainment. You've got it going to penalties. You've got the moment in there as well, Stephen Gerrard, the volley in the 90th minute. You've got it all. Um, a crazy goal from Paul Koncheski, an own goal from Jamie Carragher, as per usual, which was um, quite the own goal, really, in a final. You've got the comeback, West Hammer 2-0 up, let's not forget. Uh, yeah, this game had absolutely everything. 
it belongs in the hallmark of one of the greatest finals for sure. And um, when we look back, when we, well, when football ceases to be Liverpool three, West Ham three will be in. I've no doubt about it. Speaking from 2022, um, definitely um, in the top five in terms of finals. Matthews final you can put up right there. Coventry in 1987, I think you can put up there as well. Um, this definitely, he had absolutely everything. Penalties, of course. I would remember being in the pub underage. I had a Coke, don't worry. Um, and just local to me. It's still around the corner, actually. Um, and watching this game on the TV, um, poking fun at somebody who um, was their Middlesbrough fan uh, earlier on in the week. They'd lost the UEFA Cup final. Um, great memories of that. Whole entire day, really, it was a fantastic game to boot as well. Everyone was expecting Liverpool to go ahead and win it. Of course, these were the days of the big four. West Ham had just been promoted, although they did have a fantastic season. Coming back to the Premier League, finishing 10th, I believe, and um, threw up an absolutely world-class game. And I think if this game got played in the uh, in the final this year, would it be a, another great occasion like this? Quite open, I think it would be as well. Podfather Mag suggests, admittedly, for a single moment, the Ronnie Radford worldie. Hereford United 2, Newcastle United 1 from 1972, third round. Now, this is, Newcastle weren't like top three team, like I said, with my criteria early for giant killing, but this is always the shock that gets replayed and replayed and replayed because one, it has the moment. I'm not sure many people um, born this side of 72 know any other detail in the, uh, in the cup, in this cup game, aside from that goal. And to be fair, you don't need it because you've got, I think it's the most replayed moment in TV now, um, in terms of the FA Cup that you're ever likely to see, um, in terms of moments, definitely in the top five in FA Cup history, Hereford United, non-league, Newcastle United, although not like hugely successful, they'd won a couple of things, they would get to another final, the League Cup final in 1976, they were a big team, still are of course, um, and little old Hereford coming to town, um, beating them in, in a replay of course as well, which was uh, fantastic. Pop Avermags also has a, a full match suggestion in his own words as well. Tottenham Hotspur versus Arsenal in 1991. Now, fantastic game. It's got, it checks all the boxes, doesn't it really? You've got your rivalry. You've got your important match because it's a semi-final. You've got a moment as well with Paul Gascoigne's free kick. And to me, between 1990 and 93, you had these insanely good FA Cup semi-finals played at... Um, Wembley for the most part, I believe. The 90 and 91 certainly were. This free kick was one of the greatest goals scored in an FA Cup semi-final. We'll get on to a bit more of that later on, I um, believe that. Um, both big five teams as well around the time as it was the big five breaking away, so to speak. These two, Liverpool, Manchester United and Everton, I think, were the big five back then. Going all out, Arsenal going for the double on the 20th anniversary of their last. Of course, it was a year ending in one and back then. It always meant that Spurs always won something and they weren't on for the league because Arsenal were raw into that. They uh, didn't win the League Cup, of course, um, because Sheffield Wednesday won that, um, I believe. And um, yeah, this is an absolutely superb fixture. Paul Gascoigne is another game that does get replayed. It's probably available on the FA's YouTube account in full. Probably, I'll probably end up reviewing that on the Great Games podcast over there on Patreon. That's a plug. And um, that is, yeah, definitely one of the best moments in uh, FA Cup semi-final history, maybe even Cup history as well. And speak, we're into the 90s semi-final portion of this, um, of this show today. We've got 
Another huge derby, Sheffield Wednesday 2, Sheffield United 1 from 1993, courtesy of Tom Moore 0044-1129. Hope I got those numbers right, Tom. Yeah, the semi-finals, as I said, around the early 90s were absolutely phenomenal, exclusively class. You've got, for this game at least, the good blend of the great round it was in. Of course, you've got the rivalry already entrenched in there, which was probably at its height, post-war height really here with Sheffield Wednesday and Sheffield United in the thick of it in the top flight in the Premier League as it were now. Um, Sheffield Wednesday had a couple of good seasons, got quite close to the league title in 92, um, finished third, I think. Um, They would hang around in the Premier League for quite a while. Sheffield United would bow out in the mid-90s and return sporadically, of course. Huge rivalry. You got the huge moment as well. You got Mark Bright scoring the memorable winner um, in this game that gets taken to extra time, of course. But as we know, 93. Sheffield Wednesday Cup finals. They got to two. Let's not forget the League Cup final, the FA Cup final. Played Arsenal in both of them. And um, of course, lost both of them. Um, There's a fantastic picture of um, me. I think I would have been, so it'd been May. Me, three months old, drenched in a Sheffield Wednesday flag, um, crying because um, my uncle was a Sheffield a Sheffield Wednesday fan at the time. Um, so I was predetermined to detest Sheffield Wednesday from then on in. But I think I'll probably prefer Wednesday out of the two Sheffield clubs. Um, been to alienate quite a lot of my audience there, but uh, there we are. <laughs> Maybe it was reverse psychology from my uncle. Who knows? Um, mind games from an early age. Um, we continue with the 1990 semi-final. Uh, Crystal Palace 4, Liverpool 3. We've got both 1990 semi-finals, let's be honest. Um, this is from one more point, the Crystal Palace fanzine. Of course, Crystal Palace won the game, so it's going to be a suggestion from them, lads. A, a bit of a shock as well. Crystal Palace were top flight, but Liverpool were this behemoth. They do win the league that year as well. Of course, they last for um, 30 years. And semi-finals, so you've got that ticked. You've got the entertainment box ticks as well, 4-3. Ridiculous finale to the match as well. You got the drama, you got the the memorable stuff in there as well. Crystal Palace were two one up in the final ten minutes. Liverpool scored two late on. Andy Gray, not that one, um, scores uh, with a couple of minutes left on the clock to take it to extra time. Where none other than Pads Alan Pardew in extra time, memorable goal, and um, Crystal Palace go to the final. And who would they play? Well, the winner of Oldham Athletic and Manchester United, also from 1990, suggested by Mike Day, 63. Bit of a local rivalry here, as I said earlier. Oldham um, doing all right in the early 90s, holding a place in the top flight. Would do quite well, get to another semi-final later on, um, a few years later as well. Potential shock on the cards, so to speak, really. And I'd say, obviously, this pair of semi-finals, inarguably the greatest in competition history, really. Oldham looked as though they were going to be... Uh, be losing the match, Ian Marshall would save them in the final 15 minutes. Roger Palmer would save them in extra time and constitutes a replay. Um, the days of FA Cup semi-final replays, not the last we'll be discussing in terms of Manchester United on this list, I do suspect. And let's not forget, this is a Manchester United team still trophyless under Sir Alex Ferguson would finish mid-table. And of course, the replay, Mark Robbins scores the goal late on. Crystal Palace Man United final isn't too bad either. The first one, 3-3. Ian Wright double. Mark Hughes um, scoring the memorable goal there. Lee Martin scoring the winner in the replay. And the rest is history. The remaining 23 years of Ferguson's career didn't go too badly, so to speak. Sticking with late 80s, early 90s, we have, we've graduated to the final here. 
Liverpool 3, Everton 2. Suggested by James FF on Twitter. The build-up and the meaning of the game, the atmosphere, the brilliant goals, the in-game drama, of course. The sort of thing that transcends football, transcends sport. Hillsborough coming before it some uh, near two months beforehand and it is almost a definitive end to both clubs' greatness in the 80s. Um, in the final 80s Cup final as well, which is kind of fitting. It was one of those games where, yes, Liverpool and Everton had had hugely fantastic um, cup games in cup finals in the past the 86 cup final a league cup final here and there as well I think this is probably one that Everton wouldn't mind to uh, to give to Liverpool really um, on the back of this now Liverpool would win the league in 1990s is probably their final flourish as well at the top the rivalry at the top as well even though the 1991 fifth round replay which we'll be discussing later that's probably the definitive end, as we discussed on the Great Games podcast a couple of weeks back. Um, this, at the, at the absolute peak, the final two teams, two fantastic teams um, coming to a head. The great rivalry as both teams sort of slinked back into the background. And like James said, the meaning of the game, I think it's up there. Definitely up there in terms of finals, um, in terms of games. Absolutely. Stuart McCall's goals, taking the game to uh, extra time. Absolutely fantastic game. Um Speaking of Stuart McCall, I think he may have been the manager for Bradford City. Who knows? They change manager quite often, don't they? Chelsea 2, Bradford City 4 from uh, 2015. I know Jose Mourinho was in the dugout for Chelsea because it's the first time he was defeated after going 2-0 up. Um, the second team to do so being Juventus last week. Last week, as in 2022. This was suggested by George HS2706, George Spencer there. Um, surprised that he... Um, Chose one where Chelsea lost and um, of course Bradford City of League One fame around this time they'd come up in 2013 had a bit of a propensity to uh, go on a cup run because um, they got to the League Cup final of course two years prior um, this was a bit more of a shock Chelsea were coasting into the league they were 2-0 up it seemed as a yep yeah, fine they've won it here let's move on um, Philip Marais scores a goal that uh, wins the game you've got John Stead putting in one hell of a performance of Bradford fans the Bantams the Chickens in the <laughs> in the end there to the left um, going absolutely bananas in terms of the greatest shock it's up there isn't it um, Chelsea would be champions Bradford lowly league one um, yeah it's up there it's up there with Leeds Man United Sunderland Leeds uh, 73, Wrexham, Arsenal, as suggested um, earlier. And in the article on Patreon, there's another plug. Ka-ching. But it is George, and he suggests a couple of Chelsea wins as well. Um, he suggests the 5-1 over Spurs in 2012 semi-final, the 3-3 over Spurs in the 2007 tournament, and the 4-2 over Spurs. In t- <laughs> he doesn't like Spurs, does George. Um, in 2017 and for good measure a win over Arsenal as well 2-1 in 2009 also suggests two Winchester City matches a 4-1 against Murphy and a 4-0 against Truro now I'll have to take your word for that one George I've not seen those particular matches but some of the Chelsea matches I can walk you through I suppose um, the 2009 semi-final that being against Arsenal was um, far from a classic these were the days of the bobbly Wembley turf weren't they um Alex Ferguson famously said that uh, five minutes in that Chelsea had win it um, based on the turf alone and um, shame he couldn't uh, 
make a bit more of a prediction for the game the following day when Everton beat Manchester United on penalties. But that's the uh, the red devil in me there getting out. The 4-2, um, most recent of these examples, 2017 against Spurs, uh, probably more famous now for Jermaine Genus's um, bizarre rant in the uh, match of their studio um, after the game where he said that Spurs deserve to win. Um, I mean, obviously you spliff Spurs. Um, I wouldn't go that far. I said they would play well. Um, I wouldn't say they deserve to win. You can play well and lose and deserve to lose, funnily enough. Um, but Chelsea around that time, they just had Spurs' number, didn't they? Whether it was 2016, whether it was Battle of the Bridge. Um, the 5-1, of course, in 2012. The bit of a Ferrari over the goal line technology, but then Chelsea just absolutely destroyed them late on. And um, yeah, of course, an absolutely fantastic um, game. Spurs don't like playing Chelsea in the FA Cup and the 3-3 as well. Should have been the time where Spurs finally won at the bridge. They've not won there since the late 80s or early 90s. The 3-1 up, but it's a late comeback. Um, it's Chelsea going on. It's going on to win the first final at the new Wembley against Manchester United. Now, I wish Spurs had won that one because United would have had... So much better of a chance. But we move on. We move on to my personal favourite, Manchester United 2, Arsenal 1 from 1999, the final FA Cup semi-final replay, as quoted by Andy Gray in the commentary after Ryan Giggs' goal. This is courtesy of United, 16 bits, of course. It had it all, absolutely had it all. You've got the Roy Keane sending off, you've got the Dennis Bergkamp missed penalty and the fact it was the 90th minute. Nicholas and Elka's disallowed goal. Dennis Bergkamp and David Beckham scoring absolute beautiful goals from roughly the same patch of land as well. But those were just starters for the third goal. Um, my favourite goal of all time. Ryan Giggs gets the ball from Vieira. And Arsenal famously win nothing. And Jinx bobs and weaves through numerous players, thundering it beyond David Seaman. The turning point... Although I think the real turning point was the Dennis Bergkamp missed penalty some half an hour beforehand. In terms of the entire season, do Manchester United win a single thing if Dennis Bergkamp puts that penalty away? We don't know. Absolutely superb and superb considering that the the first game, the few days before where Roy Keane scores a perfectly legitimate goal, um, that was quite drab compared to this game, which was one of the best games I've seen live um, in terms of on the telly um, no matter regardless of FA Cup or whatever it belongs in in the bracket of a of a Matthews final of a of a 2006 final as well um, mainly probably because of uh, biasness but uh, there we are and also but I think it can only be trumped by one one game, it's courtesy of Derek Cleary, 78, something I alluded to earlier. Everton 4, Liverpool 4 from 1991. Now I won't get too much into it because I covered it on the Patreon um, a few weeks back. But you've got this, as I said earlier, the rivalry coming to a head. Everton, their final throw as a big club, really. Liverpool, yeah, under under um, Kenny Dalglish, his final, one of his final matches as manager um, before I left um, the toll of Hillsborough taking its toll on him really with that one and goes to extra time it's a first replay 4-4 you don't have penalties you go to a second replay the 4-4 from 1991 is probably the best FA Cup game ever um, I'd have as front runners earlier on as I said the Man United semi-final replay with Arsenal in 99 
I would have the 53 final, the 06 final, and some of my suggestions that weren't picked um, off the top of my head, the Coventry City win in 1987, the Arsenal win in 2014, which although it is recent and it's not against a huge team in Hull, the story of it, the the wait for a trophy, I think that will be remembered um, more more profoundly in a few years' time when we get a chance to look back on it, um, even though it was eight years ago now, but still. I think Arsenal three, uh, uh, Arsenal three hole two was probably one of the best, um, and that is all we've got time for on today's What If Football podcast. We will be back next week with the Barclays, the 1994-1995 season. Can Manchester United become the fourth team to win three leagues in a row, or will the plucky underdogs? Filled with money in Blackburn and Newcastle. Stop them. Well, we'll find out next week, won't we? But until then, thank you very much for watching, for listening rather. And until next time, silly. Podcast Network.